a gun with the Florida Gators. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I was just checking to see if you were listening. From Destroyam, Louisiana. Hold on a second. Hey, guys. Hey. I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. Momentum, excitement, energy. You know, I mean, they say all this stuff, and you know what they mean, but, you, you know, it doesn't describe what you mean. I mean, it's just sort of out there. You got barbecue back there? I was just worried about, you know, listening to, you know, all, all your guys' rap poison. Welcome to Sideline Judgment. Here are your hosts, Sergio and Tyler. Welcome to Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And today, Tyler might be one of the episodes that i am most excited to record the in most the history of the podcast like boy do we have things to talk about there's some <laughs> weeks there's some weeks on this show and that every episode is great and so much mm-hmm. fun to record but there's some weeks where you're like okay not a lot happened so we're just talking about the games and even then sometimes it's chalk and it's still always fun never never a bad time but then there's days like today mm-hmm. where I'm so pumped to talk about everything that we're going to talk about in this episode, and I already know I'll like woefully feel like I will have not covered enough. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, like I'm telling you right now from jump, this episode is going to go long. All right, ladies, this oh, is going yeah. to be a longer than normal sideline judgment episode. Um, clearly, you clicked on it and you saw the entire runtime, but I promise you, we will make it worth your while. I promise you, we will talk about. Damn near everything that happened over the course uh, since the last time we recorded, Tyler, which was last Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, all right, Tyler, let's let's jump right in. We're going to get to the games from last week. We're going to get to conference championship week. But we have to begin with the massive news. Silly season is no longer a season, Tyler. It's a way of it's a state of mind at this point. <laughs> it's, it's a state, state of, of mind. existence. It's a state it's, of it's, being. It just is. There are philo- it just schools is. of philosophy are like founded around this idea. It's, it's a modern day it's a modern day um um euripides like this is what, he, what it is this is this is what we are at this point the coaching carousel this silly season has everything um <laughs> okay stefan um no but it really does have everything this silly season is like this coaching carousel is i don't think that our ncaa revamped dynasties do it goes, no it doesn't and we've seen some crazy things in our ncaa yeah. revamps Let's start with what I believe to be the biggest news. Um, full disclosure, it's not Florida. Shocking. I know we are yeah. uh, we are Florida fans. We will talk about Billy Napier in Florida. We will talk about them when we talk about the Florida-Florida State game. Um, that Florida won, by the way. Just wanted to point that out for no specific reason. Yeah. Um, I, we will talk about it then. We'll talk about the Gators at that point. We need to be respectable journalists and talk about the bigger news first. Tyler, I'm going to give you the option. Do you want to talk about Lincoln Riley's exit from Oklahoma to USC first, or do you want to talk about Brian Kelly going to Louisiana and leaving Notre Dame? I would like to talk. Let's talk about it chronologically. Lincoln Riley happened first. So let's just let, like that happened Perfect. first in the day. And Perfect. yes, this most of this happened in one day. Um, <laughs> most of this happened within 16 hours of each other. But <laughs> um, so yeah, Lincoln Riley is now the new head coach of the USC Fighting Trojans. Lincoln Tyler, Riley and I live in the same city. Um, you have a neighbor. You have a new neighbor, my friend. Um, which, by uh, by the way, I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. A subsection of what we – this silly season makes it so great is that it's one of the few silly seasons this doesn't always happen. 
where t- fans of programs that don't often go through coaching changes are having to deal with it. So yes. seeing that is very fun. Florida, Florida yes. fans are actually probably used to this at this point, but like, which, um, is, which is sad, but we'll talk about that later. Um, no, Lincoln Riley said on, and I love this, said on Saturday <laughs> night after losing to Oklahoma State, which like mm-hmm. doesn't happen, um, first of all, said in a press conference, let me stop you right there. I will not be the next head coach of the LSU Tigers. He cut I off a journalist. He cut off a journalist, ladies and gentlemen. Which, I mean, credit to him, he's right. Um, he, he wasn't lying. <laughs> only for everybody to wake up the next day, and he's now the new head coach at USC, which, by the way, <laughs> USC, just spectacular job. Yeah, like, yeah. Amazing. I, I think it's it's something I, to be said. I'm so prepared for this to go horribly for you. Me too. Like, it's something to be said about Heritage Hall, where there's a lot of jokes um, about how Heritage Hall, too many people kind of have their hands in the cookie jar, too many chefs in the kitchen. But it's something to be said that they went out and they got a top three coach in college football, in my opinion. Like, if you can't get Nick Saban, Lincoln Riley is a pretty good consolation prize there. Also, if you look at uh, Oklahoma's current recruiting class, is most yeah. of them are kids from Southern California. Yeah. So, yeah. so we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the recruiting. Those are, I want to talk about the recruiting. Those are not uh, correct. But no, I think this is an excellent hire. Lincoln Riley. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. If you get the reported contract details, there's no way Lincoln Riley, in my opinion, can say no to that job. Mm-hmm. Enormous amount of money. They would buy both of his houses in Norman, which is crazy because he has two houses. Why, do you, why does anyone need two houses in the same city? Um, <laughs> and like the USC would unload everything. They will buy him a $6 million house in LA, which is basically nothing. Um, I live here. I know. <laughs> um, but – this USC was able was like okay, Lincoln Riley can recruit. By the way, like that's the thing that he can do. Oh, absolutely. Like, that's not that's the thing that USC needs to be able to do. They also need a good head coach. And guess what? They've been running air raid for like three years now. Yeah. So they, what, they what do they do? They got the best air raid coach, Kurt, the best modern air raid coach uh, in mm-hmm. the game. And I know there's a thing about Mike Leach. Mike Leach is the true air raid. Right. But like Lincoln Riley is the best air raid style offensive mind currently. Coaching college football, in my if opinion. you don't if you don't know Lincoln Riley's background, he's 38 years old. Obviously, you know him for these past five years coaching Oklahoma. But before that, he grew up in West Texas. He's from Lubbock, um, grew up in West Texas and played at Texas Tech. Was in that like revolution with Clinton, Cliff Clingsbury, that kind of group. So his offensive mentality derives from the air raid. So it's not air raid, yeah. but it derives from it. Just so that we're clear. Um, what yeah. you were trying, I know you're trying to say, but just so we, just, we can make yeah. it. Well, the funny thing is that like with air raid is that there is only really, in my opinion, one true air raid team in the country. It's whatever team Mike, Le- Mike Leach coaches. Cause everybody <laughs> else just, everyone who runs an air raid just runs a version of that. Like, correct. Because it's the, very the true different. air raid has like seven plays literally. Yeah. And look Riley doesn't do that. Like Riley's brilliant offensive mind. Um, I think here's the thing. We have had conversations with a uh, friend of the pod, Michael Phillips about this and Last season, I had this position about some coaches, and I was alone. And I think, Sergio, you kind of joined me on this. It is kind of documented that Lincoln Riley didn't like the idea of Oklahoma going to the SEC. Yeah, that um, is that is that has now been unofficially confirmed. I know that's an oxymoron, but it's been – he hasn't come out and said it publicly, but there have been a lot of reports yeah. coming out of Oklahoma that which, he was not a fan of that decision. Which that's the thing. I never understood – 
the, the move from Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC only makes sense if you think about money, which is what most people think about. So, mm-hmm. but like, well, the, it's, it's what the people making the decisions think about. Well, that, and that's the thing. From a competitive standpoint, it's worse for everybody because now you added two big dogs. Well, I mean, I, we could argue about Texas, but Texas can recruit. At the uh, very like, least, two big names and two big two brands. Two big names you've added to your conference. That is already the toughest conference to get through to get mm-hmm. to the playoffs. You're adding them. So, like, from the teams in the conference, doesn't really make sense from a competitive standpoint. From the, t- from the two teams entering it, Texas, Oklahoma, you are already the two big names in your conference. Oklahoma, you run the Big 12. Mm-hmm. So, you are now choosing to go to, to go to a conference where you are arguably, at absolute best, the third best program. And I wouldn't – I don't know if I would say – you cannot argue to me that Oklahoma no, is better you can't. than Alabama and Georgia. Alabama or Georgia. You no, you're not. right. You're right. And like there are arguments to be made that certain programs under certain coaches and will have the resources to be better than Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma at their height under Lincoln Riley is at best the third best program and they went from being far and away the first. Lincoln mm-hmm. Riley I think recognized that. If Lincoln Riley, if you want to win a national championship, yeah, go to USC. Because guess mm-hmm. what? Oregon is the only team out there that really is in your way. From a recruiting standpoint, and also the in complete honesty, Mario Cristobal can't get his team over hump. Like, yeah, and yeah, he's only been the head coach for like two, three years. So there's mm-hmm. that happened. But like, Oregon had a runaway path to the playoff this year, and they fumbled that. Mm-hmm. Um, at USC, with your recruiting ability, your offensive mind, the money you can get, and the fact that now you only have to beat two playoff teams there that are in the playoff. You don't have to beat two or three in the regular season. Mm-hmm. This is a, to me. If you want to win a national championship and you want to make more money, this is the no-brainer. <laughs> so, so let me ask you. Let me ask you, Tyler, because no disrespect um, my, to LSU. Well, but that's where I'm going. Disrespect to LSU. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's where I'm going because my cousin Vinny, who you know is an LSU alum, and I asked him. I said, "Well, we'll talk about his opinions on Brian Kelly a little bit later." But one thing that I, in my conversations with him over the past few days, is that has come up is. The idea that Lincoln Riley was scared, right? He's saying that, oh, we don't, we didn't, you know what? If Riley wasn't willing to go through and come to the hardest conference, and it's basically a Greg Sankey SEC printout of this is what we say about the SEC, you yeah. know, the best conference and the best talent, blah, 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 all that stuff. If he didn't want to come here, then I don't want a coach that's going to hide and duck away from that kind of competition. I personally am of the belief if you're going to give me all of that money, I have an easier path to win a national championship and I have probably an easier quality of life because if we're if we're being honest with each oh, other. Oh, no. He has to live in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not um, just Los Angeles. It's not just LA, but l- let's dissect this real quick. And I had this conversation with my stepdad, Raul, and my brother, Diego. My brother, Diego, by the way, distraught. Um, but <laughs> Welcome <after> I- <laughs> to true college football fandom, Diego. We welcome you here. We, we welcome you with open arms. But in defense of him and in, and in defense of Oklahoma – Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma in Norman was God, judge, jury, lawyer, execute. He was everything. He could not go anywhere without people bowing at his feet, right? If he went to LSU, it's the same thing. I don't know who the governor of the state of Louisiana is, but I know that he doesn't matter compared to who the head coach at LSU is. Because that person has more influence on the state of Louisiana, just like Nick Saban in the state of Alabama. Those people have the way football works in the South. It's a cultural thing. And in parts like Texas and in Oklahoma, and I bet you in Nebraska with Scott Frost and stuff like that, the head coach 
has that kind of power over yeah. the city and the area they are. Maybe he didn't want that. In LA, he can go and while yes, I'm sure maybe four out of 10 people walking down the sidewalk will be able to go, oh, that's Lincoln Riley, coach of USC. It's not like he's going to be this well-known, every single person knows who he is. He can kind of blend in with all of the hoopla that is that's, Los Angeles. And that's the thing is that like there is – You're the one, you're the one that lives there. So okay. is that true? There's I don't know. passion you know? for USC and UCLA in this city because there's a lot mm-hmm. of people that went there. It, there the, but you are living in a big city that like, okay, take it from me. I'm into LA for reasons that have nothing to do with sports in any capacity. Mm-hmm. I happen to like sports. Right. I am one of the few people who do it for the reasons that I did, who do happen to like sports, just in the mm-hmm. industry that I work with. Like, and you are now you are in a part of the country that doesn't care as much about college football. But it's a weird thing where, like, on game day, there is there is passion for USC, mm-hmm. but it does not permeate throughout one the entire city because the city's freaking huge. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, you can go like you can go and not be recognized. And right. It doesn't have maybe the cultural nice. impact. May, maybe that maybe it doesn't. Yeah, because like, hey, I, similar. We lived in Gainesville. I loved mm-hmm. it. I did too. I loved it. Uh, but it is something where, like, do you want to spend the rest of your life there? That's true. And That's true. There's an element of when you are the celebrity of that place. Mm-hmm. Is that is that okay? I mean, I know this is a long time ago. There's like times back in the Urban Meyer days where did, Megan Mullen had always talked about like she would go grocery shopping in a different county. Mm-hmm. Because she didn't like the fact that pe- people knew her. Right. You don't have to do that here. Maybe you do. I don't know. Like, well, rather what, than going to another county. Riley ain't living in the area I live. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they don't have to go to a different county, but maybe they just have to go to a different Whole Foods. You know what I mean? Like, and, yeah. and I'm not trying to make a joke. I, I'm trying to be serious. You know, it's just so that it, I feel so like that's something that could thing. have had more of a role. And like, I, I'm, I'm a little hesitant to I think that multiple things can be true. Right. In the words of the yeah. great Daryl Grove, rest in peace from Total Talker. So two things can two things can uh, can be true. Right. I think that he can, yes, think I don't want to go to the SEC because it is more difficult. And thus the narrative of he's ducking and he is scared, quote unquote, has some truth to it. Some I also merit. think it's it absolutely has some merit. Yeah. I also think it's also true that maybe with two girls that are under 10 years old, which is what his family is. He maybe wanted to move away from a smaller town, which I've been to Norman. It's a beautiful place. No disrespect. But maybe he wanted to try something different. He's been in that West Texas, Oklahoma football coach mentality mind his entire life. Maybe he wanted to try something different. And I I don't think we should vilify someone for that reason. Now, I will say this, Tyler. I will say this. I think the way he did it was wrong. I I think the way he did it was wrong. I, I, I can't disagree. Mm-hmm. Um, what I was going to say real quick was that yes, uh, I'm so sorry. Your pre- previous point was that um, it, there is an element of, yeah, he's scared, but he's also like, I think this mo- motivation, this move, this move could be motivated slightly. Like two things said, two things can be true. Could be motivated slightly by the quote unquote scaredness of going to the sec. It also mm-hmm. could be motivated by the fact that he's not stupid. Like, yeah. cause there is, the line between bravery and stupidity is very blurred and very like hard to discern because there's a lot of times mm-hmm. where it's just like, no, we play the we play the best teams all the time, and I'm like, okay, well, it it's like the idea of like we should never schedule FCS teams, and I'm like, all right, if that were the case, great, but also like, so 
you just don't want to win a game. Like <laughs> so it's it's a tough thing. And that's I know that a lot of people are gonna hate that answer. And I mean, I kinda hate it too, but it's it's a matter of like the reality is he he didn't he went to USC. Yeah. Like which yeah. is like the only job possibly that he could have pulled him away. Like I think a lot of I think a lot of stars aligned, albeit at the wrong time. I think a lot of stars aligned and yeah, I'm not gonna vil- okay. I'm not gonna vilify him for that. I, I will he, criticize him for the way wants, it happened. Yeah, we but can I, talk I'm about not that. gonna but I'm not gonna vilify him for that. And I'm not gonna say he's any less of a coach or less of a man because he took USC and not LSU. No, yeah, you that's know? not the reason. I don't like the way that he did it. Yeah, um yeah. I don't like the way and, and, a lot of these coaches do this do this stuff. Like I I think it's more I think it's indicative of a cultural issue that we have in college football where it's okay for a coach to quite literally abandon a team and players have to go through 15 hoops to be able to transfer. Now, with the advent of the transfer portal, it has gotten easier, but it's not to say that it's easy. Tyler, did you know? Well, I know you knew this, but I'm going to pretend you didn't. Did you did, know? Did you know that when you enter the transfer portal, you forego your scholarship? I did just that. by just by entering just by putting your name in it, you are foregoing. And if you come back, your scholarship is not guaranteed. Now, obviously, the top of the top players, most likely they're going to get that scholarship back. But there have been instances of players who have gone away, who have entered the portal. Excuse me. They have entered the portal. They have then not been able to find anything. They come back to that same team. They will come back as a walk on and then they have to pay their way through their last year of eligibility. That's not right. If a coach can go out and talk and not have his contract messed up, why can't a player go out and talk and try and see if they can, um, you know, find a better situation for them? Now, I, I understand, you know, there's different. That's a deeper conversation that we're not going to get into right now. But I think that that is indicative of a problem that leads to these coaches leaving in the middle of the night. Yeah, Lincoln, Lincoln Riley. And I'll tell you this right now. Bor- um, I'll, I'll tell you this right now. Uh, my brother. Diego told me that the people in Norman are not, they're not just livid, Tyler. They are like out of their mind, like hurt. It's, it's, it's like, it's like someone, one of their friends betrayed them. Like it's not just a business thing. Lincoln Riley was one of them. There are banners on the campus of University of Oklahoma that say traitor. There are banners that say, you know, five Heisman trophies without Lincoln or seven national. No, no, there there are. No, no, I don't. And here's I'm I'm actually on their side on this one, because I think that this is a bigger conversation about what college football means to places like Oklahoma, to places like Auburn, to places like LSU, to to the southern and midwestern type of town, to Lincoln, Nebraska. It's similar to the, you know, what we had talked about, about, you know, being recognized and being a God in there. They become a part of who that city's identity is, you know, like Steve Spurrier is part of the Gainesville identity. Yeah. You know, there's a certain part to that. And if Steve Spurrier upped and left the day after losing to Florida State, you know, and then went off and took a different job without telling anyone we would we would be out of our minds angry and and i feel like they've gotten to a point in like stages of grief or whatever where they're just you know they're just sad about it and and i don't blame them like you, you yeah. know I, I, that's why i i really disagree with how he how he did it i'm not judging him for doing it well 
But the way he went about it, um, uh, it really hurts because I, I feel for Oklahoma and not just because, you know, my my brother, one of the people closest to me in my life, I see how much he's going through and all that stuff. And honestly, it, it kind of makes me feel a little happy because I'm like, oh, he really cares. He's he's that's it. He's yeah, one of us. Really, really he's one of us. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I feel bad, uh, you know, Um there are definitely ways he could have salvaged his own reputation because, like, he was God in, in yeah, Oklahoma. Man. And, yeah, I mean, the one thing that I think is hilarious that I, is that I, I saw, like, a tweet about, let's just, like, a, like, a Mexican restaurant in, um, in <laughs> Oklahoma. <laughs> like, they said, we're, we're, we're taking away Lincoln Riley's privileges that we gave him and whatnot. And I'm like, first of all, he no longer lives there. Second, um, second of all, and somebody else tweeted, it's just like, too bad Lincoln Riley. I wonder if Lincoln Riley would be able to uh, find Mexican food in checks notes, Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was funny. That, that was a good one. That was a good one. But um, so things like that where I'm like, get a hold of yourself. Like, yeah. but, um, no, I get I get that. But, but, but I do understand where it comes from. And yeah. it's also Oklahoma as a job. Here's the tough thing. Florida has not had to deal with this yet. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma is a job that is on that list, and I thought I thought this list was infallible, but this list has, in the last like five years, really taken some hits. Oklahoma was a job we all considered. You don't leave that job for another college job. We, it was a bulletproof job. Yeah, yeah. Be, it's bulletproof. Like, and somebody did. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame was that job. I forget FSU was that job, and Jimbo skedaddled on out of there, yeah. largely because he screwed it up himself. But like, um, mm-hmm. but, but like, wow. Like it just those three were, you know, five years ago jobs that you're like, you have this job, you 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 leave for the NFL. That's um, understandable. Mm-hmm. You don't leave voluntarily. Or if you do leave, co- it's because another one of those bulletproof jobs that you have an emotional attachment with opened yeah. up. Like people and Clemson wasn't always this job. Clemson kind of is now, but it's like it's considered that. But is it really? I'm not. I'm not putting Clemson's it in that there. category. Well, so that, the thing is that like Clemson yeah. is on the level right now of those jobs in terms of like their current status as a program. Mm-hmm. But they've never done it without Dabo, so it's unsure. But like everyone, like I don't think when Alabama opens up that Dabo should leave because he's got mm-hmm. a humming at Clemson that may change if he doesn't get it back on course from their oh their terrible nine and three season, um, but. It's like if Clemson continues to be what they've been for the last seven years and Alabama leaves, I'm like, I don't think you should leave. But no mm-hmm. one would blame him if he did go back to his alma mater because it's Correct. his alma mater. Like, right, um, right, right. But again, so like Oklahoma was that job that in at least in the Big 12, like you don't leave this job. No, no. Like and it is it is an for end result, the, not a stepping zone for a it team is an end that result, is not a stepping stone. Yeah, that's the thing. There's a lot of jobs that are considered end results. Like here's the thing. Florida fans. We've had a lot of things. We've never had somebody leave the job for another college job. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that doesn't happen. I mean, it would mean that somebody's doing a really good job. So, mm-hmm. but that would also mean that somebody is like Florida's not at the level of better than Correct. those things. So, right, right, right. And it's tough because USC is not a better team in Oklahoma by any standards. Mm-hmm. Their situation is more favorable if you want to win a national championship though. Like yep. I have to keep, Stressing this because there is that whole thing, and we'll move on in just a second. But like, because we spent a lot of time on this, yeah, um, yeah, we did. There is a there is a part of it where it's just like, to, to, there's a, there's the competitive argument that Lincoln Riley is not competitive enough to go be in the SEC. There's also the other part of it. It's like if you really want to win a national championship, you would do everything in your power to make that happen. 
going to USC is will make that mm-hmm. easier for you, which means that you because you still have to play the same games. Like, mm-hmm. so no, I, I, I see I, you. I keep justifying the smarts behind it. <laughs> no, no, and, and I understand what I would do. But it's I not understand how I the smarts behind it. it. Right, exactly. It's what I would do, but it's not how I would have handled it. I, I completely agree. Um, yeah. Two seconds, even though I think we're in agreement. This was all how it happened in the situation and wow, the shock of the move. On the football field and on the recruiting trail, it, it, it you it's it's over for the rest of the Pac-12, right? Like this is this is it. It's barring anything like like barring anything that we cannot predict, this is likely the greatest hire USC could have made. This might like, be the greatest hire, one of the greatest hires in college football well, history, apart from could, a Bear, a Bear now, Bryant to Bama, a Nick Saban to Bama. The like, thing is something we'll have to see. Mm-hmm. The, the the capability is there that could easily fall apart, but like, right? It's for I think it's for so far as the best hire of this offseason, like in of my course. opinion, yeah. just because of it's like it's like we all want we're all like James Franklin to USC. But mm-hmm. I think we all think – I think Lincoln Riley's better coach than James Franklin. But the thing is that like James Fra- Lincoln Riley's off the table is my thing. Like, uh, that's uh, here's the thing. I was – I joked around with my friends. I said, OK, I think Billy Napier was the best available coach on the market. Yeah, that's because I didn't think Lincoln Riley was available. Or Brian <laughs> Kelly. Like, or Brian Kelly. That's exactly. That's the thing and I, I, we are hearing a bit like, uh, oh, Florida's higher, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Doesn't look as good now because these big coaches were pulled away. And I'm like, you can't expect us to reasonably have thought that was even possible. Like both, both I, of those things. When yeah. I heard LSU was going after Eric Lincoln Rally, I'm like, okay, yeah, right. Like, mm-hmm. um, right. Right. Like, well, let's let's use that to to transition them. Brian Kelly is now the coach at LSU. Talk about he, not handling it right. Talk about ooh. Well, I I, I wanna, yeah. Okay. Talk about not handling it right. Let's let's talk about the LSU search because LSU. We can confirm. I was talking about Brian Kelly, but that also is that that is also oh, a no, factor. No. Well, let's let's start with LSU, and then we'll move to to Brian Kelly. LSU's coaching search. We have had confirmed reports that they have gone after Jimbo Fisher and struck out Lincoln Riley and struck out James Franklin, who signed an extension at Penn State. Mel Tucker, who signed an extension at Michigan State. They went 0 for 4 on these supposedly big name hires that Scott Woodward is quote unquote known for in the business. Yeah. This is, and then this is and then they have a guy in Billy Napier who you and I for years and I we, yeah, on, we have audio record Florida fans that and our friends who think that we're ridiculous. We have mm-hmm. audio record. I've been a Billy Napier fan for like a year and a half now. Oh yeah. I was dreading cuz I thought he was going to take the LSU job. Like mm-hmm. I thought it was – he turned down Auburn and he, it was all setting up for him. Like, mm-hmm. and what's, the fir- what's the first thing I texted you when, when the news broke about Billy Napier? Uh, you were like um, – you remember when you said Billy – oh, imagine two years Billy ago? Napier was in Florida <laughs> like two mm-hmm. years ago. Pepperidge yeah. Farm yeah. remembers. Absolutely because um, that's what we – that's what you specifically – that's like, what you specifically and then I came around about a year later – and now he's at Florida. But here's the thing. He was an hour down the road from LSU. And the reports have been that the LSU kind of community was uh, – how do I put this nicely without slandering them? But they they thought they were better. LSU was better than hiring the guy at the directional school an hour down the road from them. It's true. That's yeah. what it was. They overlooked him. They said that, he, that that's not a big enough hire for us, for LSU. And for a long time, it looked like – Man, you guys probably should have gone and taken a look at Billy Napier. And then 
a rabbit is pulled out of a hat, or dare I say, a leprechaun is pulled out of a hat. Dare I say, Jesus Christ Himself is pulled okay. out of a hat. All right, all right. I was, I was going Slow with the Irish the and the Catholicism. I know. I was going with the Catholicism. You okay, compared right, Brian Kelly to the Lord and Savior. No, Jesus I have Christ. not. No, and to my mother listening, I, I'm sorry, Mom. It's not true. I, I'm blasphemy. I know. I'm sorry. I'm just joking. Anyway. But then they pull out they pull out Brian Kelly, who none of us expected to leave Notre Dame. No. And not just because Notre Dame is an elite job, because it is an elite job. As much as I make fun of Notre Dame, it is an elite job. I make fun of them for not joining a conference, not for not being a good program, um, which join a conference, by the way. Um, I, they pulled Brian Kelly. We didn't think he would leave because he was just such a perfect fit for that job, right? The way he recruited, his his discipline, his integrity. He, it, it, Notre Dame yeah. and Michigan are these schools that kind of pride themselves on, oh, we we take a higher quality of a student athlete. You know, we emphasize the student and student which athlete, is, you know, a little stupid, but which um, yeah, well, it's it's a little self self effacing, but you know, whatever. That's fine. That's what they do. It's their brand. And then you have the coppest of all cops. This man is going down to the bayou. Does he? Uh, he's I, working. There needs to be a documentary crew at all <laughs> times on chronicling, chronicling uh, Brian Kelly's just a whole experience. Tyler, um, this is this is. I need a documentary crew in there going back and forth between Brian Kelly's office and Will Wade, the basketball coach's office, because they operate completely. This is going to be the Jim and Dwight of the LSU department <laughs> where Dwight is Brian Kelly telling on everyone and being a narc and Jim is Will Wade literally paying players in cash care. doesn't care admits to it then gets away gets with away it with like it a somehow, somehow. Like, the great listen Stephen Will Godfrey also looks like Jim from the office so. yeah, a little bit yeah Stephen Godfrey from um, Split Zone Duo um, he he asked the question he was like is Brian Kelly ready to be a gangster can he be a gangster? Can he operate in that LSU mentality? And that's the biggest shock for us. I think it's a good that's hire. Let me be clear. Well, I think it's a good hire. I need to clarify. So like I said this a little bit with Dan Mullen. There's, a, there's an element of this. Being a good coach and doing a good job slash being a good fit are not the same thing. Good mm-hmm. coach – because the whole thing, if a good coach is defined by doing a good job at your school – Nick Saban is maybe the only good coach that exists. <laughs> like, you know, because mm-hmm. I, you know, there are people maybe that are Dabo, just like, maybe Dabo as yeah, well. Nick Saban and Dabo are like the only ones because there are people that are like Dan Mullen didn't do a good job, therefore he can't be a good coach. I'm like, that's super not true. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's like that. Brian Kelly is a good football coach. Like from a football perspective, you cannot look at what he's done in Notre Dame and say that he's not. The thing is. Notre Dame and LSU are not the same type of job. No, they do not require you no. to recruit the same type of people. They do no, not require many of the same type of things. Like they, they do not require Notre Dame. Brian Kelly survived four and eight in Notre Dame, and that says something about Notre Dame as an administration, mm-hmm. as a fan base. Right. I give and them there credit. Are many, I give there are many jokes that. that are made about it. The Notre Dame fans will make them themselves, but mm-hmm. he survived that. He would. You can't survive four and eight at. Uh, LSU. At LSU, you like, can't survive seven and five and I at say LSU. Say that more as a reason to, like, not that he would go for an eight, but that it's just it's a different intensity, and now the conference is getting even tougher. 
Yes, I, I agree. I think the the leeway he had or maybe the understanding that he had at Notre Dame is probably going to be hard to come by at Louisiana. But I think that's one of the reasons why I was so surprised at this move. Um, and not from a like LSU perspective, because listen, like I said before, they struck out on four big time coaches and they let Billy Napier get out of the state. That's five guys that they um, either went after and missed on or should have gone after. But the consolation prize being Brian Kelly is pretty freaking good. All man. things considered, it's still it's way better than it probably was looking. Mm-hmm. Like exactly. it was looking like they were going to hire Bill O'Brien and I was going <laughs> to laugh. Ooh, that was good. That would have been funny. Um, but but Brian yeah, Kelly's no, a good coach. Uh, he is. He is. It's just going to be a matter of can he recruit at the level he needs? Can mm-hmm. he sustain at the level he needs? Will they give him time? To, um, Ooh, something, something Sorry, happened over there. Something. That cat <laughs> just uh, knocked over something, but we are good out here. We're good to uh, go. It's all good. We're leaving this in. I, one of the cats that I live with doesn't agree with me, apparently. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, yeah, it's just, I mean, he's got Bama. It's already hard. Now, the, the tough thing is that despite all these things, this is all the things we said about Ed Orgeron at uh, <laughs> LSU. Sorry, I'm just yep. replugging my computer back in. Um, this is all the things we said about Ed Orgeron at LSU. The last three coaches to play uh, to coach LSU have all won national championships. That was Nick Saban, so mm-hmm. that doesn't matter, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Les Miles and Ed O. So mm-hmm. Brian Kelly's not a worse coach than uh, Les Miles or Ed Orgeron. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Because Ed Orgeron assembled one of the greatest single-season teams we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And Les Miles won that in a different era of college football in 2007, the absolute weirdest era of college football, where they had lost two games that season. So, caveats to all these things. Um, (laughs) Um, I I think it is an it's at the very least an okay hire. It's just we don't mm -hmm. know how the cultural fit's going to matter. Right, and and listen, I this is a hire that has grown on me because in the moment I laughed, um, uh, mostly because I was thinking of all of the. Um, the second something goes wrong in LSU, the fine bomb callers going, this Yankee don't know how to be down here in the SEC, Paul. That's kind of like what I was uh, what I was laughing at and thinking of. Paul. <laughs> Paul. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's definitely grown on me. He's a good coach. He's a good recruiter. Um, the question is, is he going to want to still recruit the way that he did at Notre Dame and just bring it down to Louisiana? Or is he willing to roll up his sleeves get his hands dirty and recruit the way you need to recruit in order for there to be success at the SEC. All the gumbo. Will he do it? Will he eat will, will he, he eat go crawfish to houses and will he eat crawfish? <laughs> Listen, I, hey, the la- we joke, but that's a serious question for me. Oh no, no, no it's a that's a cultural thing. It's a cultural thing for sure. Listen, the last time that some Yankee came down from the north and uh was the coach at LSU, it worked out pretty well. So Let's see if he can go ahead and make that adjustment. And maybe this is what he needed to get over the hump, you know, because we talked a lot about how five straight 10 win seasons um, recruits really well. Notre Dame, but just couldn't get over that playoff appearances. Pretty, pretty hard to do. Pretty hard to do. So I think it's a good hire. Um, Let's see what happens. I still think Billy Napier would have been the better hire, but that's just me being me. I agree. Um, and uh, all that jazz there. Anything you want to say about the LSU job or, or Brian Kelly or anything? Uh, move it on? Is, it's still – it's like Florida where it's like it's they probably won't be competing for anything in their first year. It's, it's I, a, I do think that the LSU roster is more talented 
right now than the Florida roster is. So I think there there will I be some level of success early on. From I don't a, think it'll be the from maximum a that they can perspective. Correct. I think they right. are better. I will say this. My cousin Vinny did say if he needs to start competing immediately um, and having success immediately because the roster is talented and all of that. So I'm just letting you know, Brian Kelly, the expectations amongst the fan base may not be sane, but they are high, my friend. They are high expectations. Yeah. So, um, all righty. We, we covered the two big ones. I do think let's let's roll through. There were some other coaching news. Let's just kind of, you know, let's roll through a, a couple things here and there about them. Um, I listed them here in the doc, Tyler, in order of what I think the biggest jobs are. So next we have Florida with Billy Napier. We'll talk about them in a bit. Um, Kalen DeBoer, the former Fresno State coach, is hired at Washington. Um, good hire, bad hire? What do you think? Uh, I like it. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, good hire. It's just that like it's my thing that Washington, I'm under the understanding, is not going to hire a big name because mm-hmm. they don't operate like that. Correct. Um and it's – I think – I like Kalen DeBoer. I liked what he did at Fresno State. And now news just came out in a couple minutes ago that uh, Washington is considered a very high transfer target for Jake uh, Hayner, the Fresno State quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, Makes who, sense. You know, co- played under Kalen DeBoer, which mm-hmm. I think would be great. Kalen DeBoer is an offensive guy. They need offense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this could be really good for them. I also but, think he did a really good job of recruiting the Valley area, that Northern California mm-hmm. section. So I think having someone who's familiar with that territory, relatively close to Washington, a, a big recruiting section for them, I think that also helps a lot. The, the only the only thing that I worry about is that is really not has nothing to do with him. It's just like, can he get Washington out of the slump that they have now found themselves in? Because mm-hmm. they ruled the Pac-12 for a very brief period of time, and now Oregon and now about to be USC <laughs> are probably going to lap that. Like, yeah. Yeah, and you know they have problems beating Stanford. Washington State is also hiring somebody new, um, mm-hmm. which we've already covered, I believe. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I like it though. Me too. Me too. I like the hire. Next, I have Virginia Tech Brent Pry. He is the Brent Pry. I know I had a lot of plosives in that. Um, he is or was the defensive coordinator at Penn State. Apparently, he was coveted for a lot of like lower level jobs. Um, I heard it reported that when Billy Napier was hired at Louisiana, he was one of the finalists for that head coaching job. Mm. So has kind of been a name for a while. Um, it looks like they're getting back to Beamer ball defense. I recruit. hope so. I hope so because that's kind of the identity that we've all associated with Virginia tech. Um, it didn't work out very well um, for Justin Fuente. So maybe going back to, to what they think is their bread and butter, which is their bread and butter, in my opinion, historically. Um, I think it's a good hire. Yeah, me too. Um, Sonny Dykes moves across town, leaves SMU, and goes to TCU. Um, eh. Look, I mean. Eh on eh. Sonny Dykes' perspective or eh on TCU's perspective? I'm sorry. I totally uh, – I thought of a different thing. SMU has been really good under Sonny Dykes. Uh, okay. But Sonny Dykes has had a Power 5 job before mm-hmm. and at Cal, and that didn't go super well. Um right. It didn't go bad necessarily. Just, they just weren't very good. Um, it's actually turned out to be very hard to be good at Cal, though. So yeah. Um, for TCU, I like it actually from the perspective of this is the direction they should have gone in this hire. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Off, it, it's that this is the type of offense you need to have in that league. Um, yeah, guy has done well in SMU, so he's right down the road. Like, so I like it for the most part. It's not, but it's like. 
we're getting to the part of coaching where it's it's hard to there are not any big swings or big pluses to me like mm-hmm. um but i liked it, it yeah it's also like sunny dykes what are you doing you had it at smu like um <laughs> i mean it's it's easy to do 25 minutes on lincoln riley um going to usc it not so much on you know it's fine um, moving across town for sunny dykes. it's completely fine. honest with you when mm-hmm. i said uh it's because for a very brief moment i miss i switched lou holtz and sunny dykes <laughs> in my head and I didn't like – I was like, eh. But then no. it's like, oh, it's Sunny Dykes. Like, no, I like that actually. It's fine. <laughs> like they, they need no, some no, offense. No. Um, yeah, agreed. So, yeah. And and then taking his job uh, at SMU is Rhett Lashley, a former offensive coordinator under Sunny Dykes two years ago and then – or three years ago and then was the offensive coordinator in Miami. So, leaving there like and heading to SMU, I think it's good. I think they're kind of staying familiar with – Familiar with what they had there it's, with Sunny Dykes. It's a great Keep hire from SMU's perspective for Correct. their continuity. But yes. Yes. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Um, we already talked about um, Jake Dickert, the interim, getting the full-time job at Washington State. Which, we talked I about mean, Tony Mc... No, it's mm-hmm. fine. We'll see. Right. Yeah. It's, it's fine. We'll see. Texas Tech hired Joey McGuire. We talked about that already. Um, Louisiana Tech hired Sonny, um, Sonny Cumbie, who was the former um, – Offensive coordinator. offensive coordinator for TCU. Yes, like, former longtime offensive coordinator. He goes and gets a, a, a job. And then the other ones we've talked about already before, the smaller ones. Um, open jobs before we move on. Currently in the country, there are seven currently open at the moment. Notre Dame and Oklahoma being the two massive ones. Those we will talk about when they get filled and who ends up getting, getting those jobs. We'll talk about that later on for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. Um and then we also have Louisiana is open because Billy Napier left. Temple is open. Troy, Akron, and FIU. Um, oh, really? Tyler? FIU is open? FIU is... You have anything you want to say about that? Oh, man, they are in shambles. <laughs> they are. That department is in shambles. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time to get into the FIU shambles department. Um, we're going to move forward, though, because let's go ahead and talk about Florida's victory over FSU 24 to 21 in a rivalry game with an interim head coach and with Emory Jones deciding that he did not want the football in the first half. He just didn't want it. He kept giving I it wanna, away. I want to. <laughs> I do want to clarify that mm-hmm. I want I want to point out to the audience. Me and my dad watched this this in a hotel room in Arizona mm-hmm. uh, where we were spending Thanksgiving, and it was funny to me because um, <laughs> the fu- the final Emory Jones interception, the one in the end zone as oh, they were yeah, driving that- to end the half. Oh yeah, my dad spoke the words moments before. Just don't throw an interception. Just he just got kicked. <laughs> And it happened. I about tackled my father. Like, uh, but credit to the coaches that are still there. Um, uh-huh. that, um, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. One of the better defensive performances. F, uh, UF has eaten all day um, from a defensive line perspective. Yeah. Jordan Travis. It's it's so funny because my friends, my FSU friends, they told me it's just like, here's here's the deal. If Jordan Travis played, we have a shot. If he doesn't play the whole game, we don't have a shot. And my friend Chris was like, the moment Jordan Travis went out for like two drives, was like, yeah, that's it. Like, <laughs> well, um, let me let me say this: he is much better than I remembered. He's good, he is. He's good. He can make plays himself. He can make reads. He, Once again, he's though, pretty good man. Mike Norvell's offense continues to work like he did at Memphis, where it's like nothing, 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 explosive play. 
Yeah, nothing man. explosive play, explosive play, explosive play, then nothing for like a quarter. Like, yeah. um, this is what you paid for, FSU. This is what you yeah. paid for. But Anthony Richardson, Damian Pierce. Those are the two. I can't believe over, Damian Pierce over. is going to get drafted solely off of a play that technically didn't count. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny is that I knew the rule and I when uh, me too. So me I, too. So I was like, I knew it was getting called back. Like, yeah, no, me too. Me too. I, I, I was the one explaining the rule in the group of that of yeah, people that was I watching. I had to do that to I, a lot of people over text. There was just yeah. like, this is one you actually can't get mad about the refs for because it right. is like the refs did the right thing. They did their jobs. It's just a stupid rule. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, which, by the way, I don't think it's a stupid rule. It's yeah, there for player safety. And what we're talking about is Damian Pierce at the goal line um, or near the goal line had his helmet knocked off and then ended up um, scoring. But like like an animal, like a madman was just going through and and being tough and ended up getting in the end zone and stuff. And it was just a wonderful, wonderful like expression of, oh, wow, this guy's got heart. This guy, you know, this but he had to end up swamp. like yeah exactly so i get uh, why the rules there but you know it's, one it's of those thing, things though, like, where it's eh. like i get why it's there i get the attention behind it and i get it but it's also like it it constantly credit it constantly it penalizes players who are not at fault in my opinion correct david pierce right. didn't take off his helmet it's like now to call the if you go back and you're like all right by rule the ball is dead when his helmet comes off i get that it's that they enforce 15 yard penalties on top of that yeah, I don't like, like that. For somebody else ripping Damian Pierce's head uh, helmet off, and he's in a, doing a football play. He's continuing. To, he's obviously going to continue and to do he's, stuff. He's a football player. He, he he's he's playing to the whistle, and yeah. you know what I mean. Like he keeps and going and stuff. So for that, so that's the thing. However, this game was this game was ugly in like a great way. Yeah. Like in, in an it was a sickos game. It was a sickos game, game that we just ha- we just happened game. to be like invested emotionally yeah. in it. The fact that the Gators won really helped me love it. Oh, for sure. If we lost, it would have been like this was not even an entertaining game to to lose. But <laughs> I just wasted honestly, four hours. <laughs> the moment, the moment that when Jordan Travis was out for a little bit, Florida had a chance to take advantage. Henry Jones couldn't do it. He couldn't mm-hmm. capitalize on it. They eventually put Anthony Richardson in, and then the offense started to seriously produce. And yeah. That's just mm-hmm. the way it is, and that's it's just the way it is. Damian Pierce won't be back for another year. Um, yeah, but pretty good way to end your season. It's the thing that's nice though is that, and I, I, it's just like Anthony Richardson is poised to take the job going into next year. Oh yeah, it's his and job. It's his job. And I know there was speculation from people in the fan base of, is he going to stay? Is he going to transfer? Blah, blah, blah. But he then then tweeted out a picture of him in his Gators uniform with the caption, scared money don't make money, which we now know, Tyler, is the mantra of the next coach at the University of Florida. One Billy Napier um, has accepted the terms. He will be coaching Louisiana in the bowl game. So, Tyler, we have a we have a I'm sorry, not bowl game in the championship no, conference championship. We have a conference championship game Saturday, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> as far my coach is my coach is coaching my in, a coach conference championship. in a conference championship game. Which that's the thing I will say. For all these for all of these coaches that left, um, mm-hmm. it's very it's very clear. Like to me, Oklahoma, Lincoln Riley doesn't go to USC if they beat Oklahoma State as part of no, it. No, then he's going to the championship game. He ain't courting that call. Yep. Like then they they win. They probably go to the playoff. Like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a different story. Different story. And then we could go all day about Notre Dame. Um, yeah. But like Billy 
it, Billy Napier's leaving his team, but he's coaching the conference championship game. Mm-hmm. I don't want a coach who wouldn't coach his team's conference championship game. Bowl game, I, I understand skipping it for your new job. I really do. Mm-hmm. Like it's like when Scott Frost did it didn't for UCF, that was like a special thing, and I get it. But like you right. don't skip your conference championship game. And no, you, I wouldn't. I would. My honestly, God, my opinion of Billy Napier would change if he did. If he did it. Yeah, no, like, I, I think it would be it would be a red flag. It would be a red flag. Like, but I think let's let, let's talk about the fit with Florida. Why is Billy Napier a good hire for Florida? We've been talking about it a lot. Um, we've had questions from friends of ours in group chats of you keep saying an SE, uh, CEO style coach. What does that mean? Why Billy Napier? Why is he such a good fit? Talk to me, Tyler. Why why, why does he work for um, Florida? Why was he our number one choice? To ours, it was to me. It was. Uh, the way he runs the Louisiana program mm-hmm. from a holistic perspective, like very disciplined, um, balanced on both sides. And at Louisiana, now he hasn't had to do this with quarterbacks. So that is something that I will be looking forward to going forward because Levi Lewis has been the quarterback for all this time there. Mm-hmm. He has had to constantly change NFL draft picks at offensive line, running back, other positions. And like he's continued to produce. Mm-hmm. Um, Levi Lewis, good quarterback. Uh, offense is good. Everything I've read and everything is like he runs it very much like Nick Saban runs Alabama. A history of good recruiting, a history of good coaching. It's more of like Dan Mullen was so strong in one area. Mm-hmm. And he could do a lot of things in other areas. And his recruiting, it was fine from a like coaching college football perspective. But his thing was that it, it wasn't good. Billy Napier to me looks like he was he's going to be good across the board, solid across the board, which for mm-hmm. me is maybe just what Florida needs right now. Right. But additionally, Billy Napier likes to recruit. And I think that that hit a lot of angles for people, like honestly. Think, yeah. And like yeah. honestly, that's what I'm looking forward to right now. I want a coach who can recruit mm-hmm. um, and a coach who understands the importance of recruiting. And Let's just be transparent here. Like, I didn't watch every Louisiana Raging Cajuns football game. I've watched a lot mm-hmm. over the last couple of years. <laughs> like, yeah. But but we've gravitated more towards more Louisiana. Than some, more lie. than many Gator fans. But, like, mm-hmm. I didn't watch – I don't know all the intricacies of following the program. Uh, but they lost their opening game this year to Texas, and then they went on an 11-game win streak. Scare money not, don't make money. Not all of them are blowouts, but, you know, it – not all of them were blowouts. There were a lot of close wins, but uh, they were wins. So, mm-hmm. and I, I think, go ahead. I think for me, what you said hit it there with recruiting specifically. Um, I, I wanted two points, right? Two points. I think the Nick Saban of it all. We talk a lot about like, oh yeah, you know, there's been a lot of programs that have gone the Nick Saban tree route, and it has not worked out for them. Um, and I think that's because we have entered a new era of college football where simply being good enough coaching and X's and O's on one side of the ball is not enough to make you a successful head coach in college football nowadays. No, at least not at the level where Florida wants to be competing, um, which is contending for national championships, right? It's not enough. You need a C excuse me, a CEO style um, coach that can look over everything and one reason why I'm not really afraid of the whole, oh, the former Saban assistants don't work with Billy Napier is because Billy Napier wasn't just an, like an offensive coordinator. He wasn't just a defensive coordinator, just an analyst that was there, you know, hanging around. He was like just 
Saban's guy. Yeah. So much so that if you look at his history, if you go to his Wikipedia page, um, on the right side where it like lists the the places he's coached, it does not say Florida State. But when you look in the actual like article, no, 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 no. Listen, no, 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 no. This is no, no. There's a point to this, Tyler. There's a point. To this. Okay. But when you look in the actual text, there's a section that reads he was hired by Jimbo Fisher, um, when he because he went Clemson offensive coordinator. He then left Clemson. He went to Bama. From Bama, he went to Colorado State. He followed Jim McElwain, which is might be the only like. Scarlet Letter, I guess, from Florida in the Florida fans perspective. Which really doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Um, But went to Colorado State and then was hired by Jimbo to be the recruiting coordinator for Florida State. Jimbo Fisher, in the midst of having his national championships and in the midst championship singular, I'm not giving you more than one Florida State. Um, In the midst of his national championship and his high level recruiting and stealing Dalvin Cook away from Florida, in the midst of all of that said, oh, I'm going to get this guy to coordinate and run my recruiting. And then he was there for like two weeks. And you know who realized, hey, this man is in the same recruiting territory that I am, Nicholas Saban. He called him up and he said, no, 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 no. You're coming back to Bama and you're going to be my recruiting coordinator. That is how like how much faith and how much belief Nick Saban has in a in one by the name of Billy Napier, so he's not just a normal Saban assistant, yeah. right? He's he's I don't want to say groomed because you know he doesn't have him under his wing, but Billy Napier is the type of guy and has the drive that he has taken meticulous notes and he runs everything the way he wants. There's a great article in the Athletic yes. from September or October. I want to say beginning of November, actually beginning of November because it was around when LSU opened. Because the whole article was, and LSU should be going after this guy. Oh, and that's that was weird. Where the profile was. Oh, that's really strange. Anyway, um, no, but in that piece, it, it 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 dissects his routine. He plans everything down to the minute. He plans everything down to the second. Everything has a purpose. It's a mentality. It's building a culture. It's building a routine. It's doing things the quote unquote right way. And and that's what to me is important because listen. Our offense was not the problem with under Dan Mullen. It has now come been coming up to the surface that there was a massive culture issue. Did you see the stuff that the players tweeted about yeah. not really having a nutrition plan under Dan Which, Mullen? And you gotta realize, yeah, they don't have a coach right now to hold them accountable, like like a, a true head coach until Billy Napier mm-hmm. walks in. Do, do you realize how much it has to be for players to say that openly? Oh yeah. And, and like, yes, we are entering a new age of player empowerment, and I'm all for that. But that's still like to tweet that, in mm-hmm. which case you're putting it out there to the world of, you know, Gator fans, which you know we know fan is short for fanatic. So keep that mm-hmm. in mind right. um, that that was the case. And then Nick Savage, the strength and conditioning coach, was actively fighting against that and was trying right. to get them a nutrition plan. And they didn't have it. We beat mm-hmm. Florida State on Lunchables, apparently. <laughs> um, hey, I guess I guess we know why they keep giving out free queso when we score when the Gators score more than 60, <laughs> 70 points, right? Uh, <laughs> but, no, no, but, but that's the point where I, I think it's someone to come in, be the adult in the room, put together things, what we need, and hopefully be able to be there I, for the long run, you know? More, more than anything, is that like Billy Napier wins, and it's a really tough thing to do when you're picking – there is an element of failure here that isn't any coach hire, even coaches mm-hmm. we know a lot about. He's right. a young up and comer. So out of all of the big hires of the big schools, we pick, we were the one that chose to get the up and comer out of the G5. Mm-hmm. Has worked out great for some schools. Has worked out not so great for others. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And the reality is I don't buy there's, there's an argument for the sh- we shouldn't make Florida should not be his first big time coaching gig, which I think is stupid because look at Kirby smart. Um, <laughs> Correct. Um, Another guy who, by the way, I can't believe I'm going to give Georgia and Kirby Smart credit here, but I'm going to swallow my pride and do it. He was another one that wasn't your average just scheme guy. Yes, he was a great defensive mind and was defensive coordinator, but he was doing a lot of other things. He's one of the best recruiters in the country. Exactly. There was was more to that than just, oh, I'm the defense coordinator, Alabama. Give me a job, Tennessee. There's also a matter of like we we have to be honest. Alabama assistants that get hired now have not been doing as bad as Alabama assistants that were previously hired. Mm-hmm. Like I, you yes. have to be honest about that. It's trending in a more positive direction. It is. Um, maybe it is. Nick Saban is hiring. I don't know. I don't know. Nick Saban is the goat, and his greatness spreads everywhere. Yeah. But he realized his his one his one flaw was that his assistants weren't successful elsewhere, and he said, "Oh, I'm going to be the best at that too." <laughs> I, um, but. Additionally, mm-hmm. again, there's an element of failure to this. and But I do think – here's the thing. I've seen this said, and this is kind of my cl- closing thoughts on why I think Billy Napier is a good hire as well. A lot of people – this hire was made before Lincoln Riley to USC and Brian Kelly to LSU, mm-hmm. who Scott Strickland would not have known were on the market except for apparently he did know that Brian Kelly was on the market because rumor has it Brian Kelly contacted about the Gators job and we mm-hmm. left him on red. We said no. Which – I'm okay with because look at where Florida's trending. Billy Napier is going to get to sell a lot of recruiting time. Facilities are about to open up. These brand mm-hmm. new athletic facilities Florida's opening up. There's a lot to that you can sell about Florida right now. In Florida's, you know, the, at, at the very least, the second best job that's program in the SC East at the time being. Mm-hmm. Like I don't when Texas and Oklahoma is, I don't know how that would restructure to pods. Right, that might yeah. change. But Florida is a program you can win a national championship at. It holds a lot of – it's the best program in the state. It holds a lot of sway for these kids. You have a lot to sell. And even with a lot to sell, Dan Mullen wasn't recruiting, wasn't selling. Mm-hmm. And Billy Napier has a lot to sell is my thing. So it's probably a good idea for Florida to not break the bank on a big-name splash hire, which I'm not a believer in splash hires just because they're splash hires. Right. Like, um, The splash hire isn't always the right hire. Yeah. So – We'll see. We'll see. I think my last thing that I want to say, and then I know I know you got to get going and we got a lot to talk about. Um, I think that we need to, just like we talked about with Dan Mullen, that, listen, Mullen was the right hire at the time. Um, it, it just didn't work out. Um, it just didn't work out, right? So it, it had its good moments and it had its bad moments. But it was the right hire at, the, at that time. Yeah, Let's yeah, not absolutely. do revisionist history. I don't want us to look five years down the road um, – And even if we are having great success, you know what I mean? I don't want us to go five years down the road and, you know, see Lincoln Riley's on his fourth Pac-12 title and second national title. And maybe, you know, uh, Brian Kelly has won the SEC or something and all this stuff. And and maybe, you know, people go, oh, see, we should have hired them. Like, mm, let's not do revisionist history in a few years because we know that, A, it wasn't a possibility for us because this has happened way before. and, And B... I still believe that that culture and that thing that was instilled is the right decision for the Florida program. Yeah, I agree. Um, not the flashy, not the all that stuff. You will want... I take Lincoln Riley as my coach? Absolutely, I would take Lincoln Riley yeah. as my coach. Well, Lincoln but... Riley was not leaving Oklahoma for Florida. He left Correct. Oklahoma for a team that's not going to be in the SEC. If he exactly. wanted to be in the SEC, he would have just stayed at Oklahoma. Or he would have like, taken LSU. Yeah. Those um, are the two options. Yeah. 
So Lincoln Riley was never on the table. Um, no, 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 no. So, but I, I, I think not. You don't not having to break the bank is probably for the best. Yeah, I agree. Like, I agree, and I, I mean, think like, that money it, that money's better suited going around the coordinator pool and going around, going around the recruiting budget. Well, that's and the, all that the stuff. recruiting budget was apparently not very very big under Dan Mullen, which is a huge indicator of like mm-hmm. where that situation was. I'd rather spend money on that. <laughs> I would definitely rather spend money on that. Exactly. Um, you want to know why I'd rather spend money on that, Tyler? Because scared money don't make money. Because scared money don't make money, baby. Uh, I think that's good to leave it on there. Let's move on. Um, all right. We got some limited time, but we got to go ahead and talk about these games from Rivalry Week. I said it right that time, Tyler. Yeah. Um, let's start on Friday. Cincinnati yeah, 30. You're right. Thank you, buddy. Cincinnati 35, ECU 13. Just wanted to point it there. When Cincinnati needed to kind of put their foot down they put their foot down congratulations to them undefeated st- cincinnati undefeated regular season they're still sitting at number four in the playoff rankings hopefully they can win this weekend and hopefully the committee lets them in man we'll see what happens we'll see what happens iowa 28 these are these games are all friday until i say otherwise iowa 28 nebraska 21 congratulations uh, i'd like to brutal <laughs> i'd like to go ahead and just say it now i know um Barnwell from ESPN has has made this joke a lot, but you know we're just gonna go ahead and hop on it. Uh, the greatest three and nine team of all time. How is that even a sentence? Is the thing every like, single one of their games was decided by one uh, was decided by single digits. Every single one of their games was single digits. Insane, insane, my friend. Um, listen, Scott Frost gonna get one more shot at this. One more shot next year with a revamped uh, staff. So we'll see what happens, man. More than he should get, but more um, than he should. We'll see what happens. We'll see. NC State 34, North Carolina 30. Tyler, this game was insane. I watched this game. I didn't get to uh, watch it at the time. I've heard, but I, I was keeping the score updates on my phone. Uh-huh. I was just like, oh, that must surely be the final score. Nope. Like, yep. No, oh, no, so, it's not. Like, <laughs> So North Carolina was winning um, by two possessions with about a minute minute 50 something left I want to say to the point where I was at my friend our friend man Carson Carson actually went to North Carolina so we were watching the game um and I looked at my buddy Matt and I said Matt I think that's a wrap my guy we were, we were getting ready to go and you know we spent the whole day watching football there it was awesome blah 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 all right man I, I gotta get going whatever and we were like oh let's just wait till you know till it ends and then NC State scored a touchdown and I was like oh okay all right cool let's wait till they but you know they won't get the onside right and then they get the onside kick and then NC State goes down and they score another touchdown and all of a sudden NC State has won this football game and they stormed the field and it was a really good feel good story because if anyone knows anything about North Carolina it's that NC State more than anything in the world wants to beat the University of North Carolina at Chapel yeah. Hill so Good for them. Good Man, for that crowd. It's t- it's too bad that M- Mac Brown. It's just too bad the media has given up fourteen points with less than two minutes left <laughs> in a two possession that, game. That that darn media. That darn that media. Darn my friend. freaking media. Oh man. Uh, Arkansas thirty four, Missouri seventeen. I put this game in here because it is the first time ever that Arkansas has won their three trophy games. They get a trophy for this Missouri game. They get a trophy against LSU, and they get a trophy against A and M. Uh, congratulations to them. Pretty good season. Sam Pittman doing some good things over in Arkansas. Um, and then the last Friday game here, I'm just I'm contractually obliged to mention that the war on I-4 ended with UCF 17, USF 13. For those of you that know, um, I have an emotional attachment to someone with an emotional attachment to UCF. 
Um, and so that was a a game. That's the reason I went over to my friend Matt's house to watch that game because that was that's my that's Matt also went to happens. UCF. That's a game that that is a game that happened. That game did exist. Yes, it did. Um, so uh, so yeah, that was on Friday. Tyler the Iron Bull, Alabama twenty four. This is now Saturday, ladies and gentlemen. Alabama twenty four, Auburn twenty two in four overtimes. Four overtimes. Jeez. The insanity. I just want to say. Brian Harson, you're a coward. Number one, yes. Number two, Brian Harson, get vaccinated. Number three, I just want to say. Yes, I just absolutely. want to say. I have been saying for weeks, maybe a month and a half, I want to say. I was saying, I, if I, I got a feeling about the Iron Bowl, man. I think Bo Nix can pull this one out. I think it can happen. And he got hurt. And I'm telling you, Tyler, if Bo Nix was the quarterback of this game. Auburn team, they would have won this football game. They would have I won agree. this football game. And it may have been in regulation and not in four overtimes. I agree. I So, full disclosure, after Florida State game, I missed a window of games on that Saturday because my father mm-hmm. and aunt wanted to go see Ghostbusters Afterlife. So, I, I had to rewatch those games later. I That's got fine. out. And, you know, it was a great movie. Uh I got out and saw that. I was like, what's the score of the Iron Bowl? I'm like, it's the middle of the fourth <laughs> quarter and Alabama has not scored. Yeah. Like, yeah, man. It was it was rough for them. Like, what the f***? <laughs> it was rough for them. Oh, wait. I got to document that. No. You suck, man. You suck. You I'm suck. Sorry. It's okay. I'll find it. I'll find it. It is the 33-minute mark in the third part sorry. of this episode. But We've that, had more that, technical difficulties, guys. Sorry about that. <laughs> that is the that is an expression of just how surprised by that I was. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But hey, man, they pulled it out. Even in a bad – because this is objectively a quote-unquote bad Alabama team. They're not a bad football team. They are a bad Alabama team. Uh, and they still won 10 games and are going to be or 11 games. Sorry, they went 11 and one um, and they're going to be playing in the SC championship game. So, you know, that, that that's what a down year at Alabama looks like. So, yeah. Um, all right. Quick, quickly running through the rest of them. Baylor 27, Texas Tech 24. This is important for the Big 12 championship game, which we'll mention in a little bit later. Um, put a pin in that BYU 35, USC 31. Congratulations to Pac-12 South champions BYU. Congratulations. Applauso. Applauso. Man, they deserve they're it. even better this year than they were last year. Yeah, I know, right? And they lost a, a first-round quarterback, which is insane. Um, good for them. Good. I'm excited for them to be in the Big 12. I'm excited for them to come over. I, I really am. It's going to be nice to see them playing over here on the side. I can't wait for like a BYU-UCF game. That would um, be cool. That would be a fun one. You know what I mean? It'll be, it'll be a good time, so... Uh, LSU 27, Texas A&M 24, LOL, and also at Coach O wins his last game as an LSU Tiger coach. That man is going on a vacation for uh, four months, and oh, good yeah. for him. Oh, Go yeah. Ahead, He's, he, ain't, he ain't doing anything productive anytime soon. He ain't doing uh, also, anything. it is hilarious to me that Jimbo Fisher can be the first ever Saban assistant to um, beat, beat Nick, Saban. Nick Saban and still will lose games like this. Oh, I know. I know he's being paid all I, this I, I money just, and they haven't had a really better year than last year. No in a COVID year. No, uh, which was like a two, two last year, I believe for them. They, they went, they went, uh, they ended up going nine and two because they, yeah. then they played the 10 game conference schedule and then they played in the bowl game. So yeah. Yeah, man. Good. I know. Insane. Uh, all right, moving on. And then Houston 45, UConn 17, just to put Houston lost their game to, Texas Tech in the beginning of the season, 
haven't lost since. 11-1, good for them. It's going to be a good conference championship game in the American. Um, running through the five wide real quick. Ole Miss, 31. Mississippi State, 21 in the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving night. I picked Ole Miss. I get the points here. Um, Mike Leach does not like kickers. That's just all I'm, I've am i I've taken from this about game. the only thing you can take away from this game. It's about the only thing, man. <laughs> about the only thing. And also, like, Lane Kiffin being like, oh, we shouldn't hate people for – you know, cheering for even other if school. you believe Boo. that with his pride, you should never say it. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Are you kidding me? It's the Egg Bowl. Irrational hate on Thanksgiving for another fan base simply and because of the school they went to is what I live for. It's the Egg Bowl too. The two fan bases that probably hate each other the absolute most. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's horrific. It's horrific. Um, so I get the point on that one. The Apple Cup. Uh, Washington State demolished Washington forty to thirteen. Um. Washington was was waiting for for their next coach. That's yeah, that was just the Washington gave up. Yeah, they gave up at that point. I get the point on that one. Uh, all right, let's let's spend a little bit more time on this one. Michigan forty two, Ohio State twenty seven. Okay, I, I never, I never. I'm going to give I, you the floor because you have been an I, advocate. I have so much crow to eat. Um, <laughs> I you know I got an empty stomach. Haven't eaten much today, so I, I have a lot of crow to eat <laughs> for this moment. Michigan, props to you, honestly. Like, first of all, this game was an aesthetic. This game was a vibe. Like, this game was my, a, I, my oh, friend the, was at this oh, game, oh. and he was texting me pictures. It looked immaculate. Like, that's awesome. And he did say he couldn't feel his toes, but honestly, I feel like that would have been a plus <laughs> at that point. Um, and Michigan was basically winning from the go from 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 the jump. They did. They mm-hmm. didn't lead the whole game, but they were, they basically controlled the game from the jump. Um, right. Can I pause you? Can I pause you? Yeah. Can I pause you? Uh, I got breaking news. Uh, Notre Dame defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman is the leading candidate to be the fighting Irish head coach. Sources have told good ESPN. for him. Very good for him. Deserve and, it. Deserve and, and it. So. Their offense coordinator, Tommy Reese, said he is going to stay. So Oh, he, he said that? He it, said he's going to stay? He did announce to the team that he he's going to stay. Um, That's cool because there were reports that um, Brian Kelly was trying to get him down, get yeah. them both down he, to they, LSU. Notre Dame released a video of him addressing the team saying, I'm going to stay. Like, that's that's how we do it. That um, we, 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 we put the video evidence on Instagram, oh, on the Twitter. Yeah. That's what we oh, do, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. So, and now that Marcus Freeman is the same, mm-hmm. interesting. interesting. Um, we'll talk more about that in the next episode. Just wanted yeah. to give out that breaking news because it happened as we're recording. Please yeah. continue, Tyler, about um, the Ohio State-Michigan game. Michigan beat Ohio State up, but Ohio State up on the line of scrimmage, which is how Oregon oh, yeah. won in their previous game. Um, mm-hmm. Michigan just dominated them, running all over. Cade McNamara was pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. He had some insane throws, some really good throws. I mean, he's still not, he's not like an elite quarterback or anything like that, but he's right. he's got that very Jake Coker thing to him, where it's just like <laughs> you'll be selling insurance in probably like five years, but. But you can make some throws. Like, uh, <laughs> but you'll be selling really good insurance. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and Ohio State was able to move the ball on on offense a little bit, but it's just their defense could mm-hmm. not stop Michigan's running attack. And, like, yeah, no, I just didn't expect that. Now, it took Jim Harbaugh a long freaking time to get here. But oh, he did yeah. it. did it. Um it's very much a Mike White for the basketball situation. Stop it. You stop it right now. You stop it right now. We're not even 10 games in. We haven't hit conference play. We okay, haven't yeah. hit conference play. Um, it's 
No, that that's not a me. Never mind. Okay. Um, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Let's. That's more the fact that he he's beaten FSU one time now. It took him yeah. forever, but uh-huh. like he, but like for Jim Harbaugh, it's very different. Like this team is really good, and I have been because I just was like I was not going to believe Michigan would beat Ohio State until I saw it happen. Now I saw it happen. I believe more in Michigan as a team. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I would caught that I'm feel a certain way about now is that uh, Michigan will likely make the playoff if they can beat Iowa. Um, which I think they will do. Spoiler alert, yeah. Um, so Michigan's going to make the playoff for the first time. That's great. It does not bode well if you're biased like me and don't want North Georgia to win a national championship. Um, well, but, okay, hold on. Because but w- Michigan mm, proved that they're way better than I thought they were. I was going to say, man, because so. we, we thought Ohio State had the best chance to beat Georgia. And look what they did to them. That's so I, I know transitive property is not a theory. Yeah. It's an evolving theory because Michigan and Georgia play very much the same type of style. And I exactly. don't, I don't know if Michigan's better at that than them, mm-hmm. but cause it's like, you don't just like Alabama teams at Georgia's very much the same way. You don't really beat them playing their game. They play right. their game the best mm-hmm. thing is I thought Ohio state was one of the teams that could beat them the other way, but like it's an evolving thing. Cause now Ohio state couldn't beat Michigan. Both things might be true that Ohio State isn't as good as we thought, or Michigan's better. Mm-hmm. Like both might be true. Mm-hmm. Um, Ohio State could be just as good as a team as we thought. And Michigan's just way better than I would give them credit for. So yeah, we will see. I'm glad this happened for college football, though. Mm-hmm. Me too. I think it's it's better that this rivalry has is a rivalry. And it does not become an Oklahoma Oklahoma State series. Correct. Which, um, which speak, speaking of which, Tyler, of which. Uh, let's go to that game because the transition is always good. Uh, by the way, neither one of us get the points because we both picked Ohio State. Uh, we also both picked Oklahoma, um, and that did not pan out well for us. We did not I get the points there because why would I think I anything different? <laughs> they lost to Oklahoma State thirty-seven to thirty-three. Um, this game was referenced earlier in the show because it was the impetus for not. It wasn't the impetus, but. If they would have won the game, we don't think Lane um, Lincoln. We don't the think Lincoln of Riley that would have that lead to Lincoln Riley leaving. Don't happen if I think but, they begin with Oklahoma losing Bedlam. I think they. Yeah. That's the kickoff. Um, Oklahoma State's defense is legit, like yeah. de- like Georgia level legit. I know that they have a, they allow more points and stuff, and Georgia is by far the better defense. I'm not even. It's it's a very they're not on the same tier as them but they're a tier above your average defense correct and i think that was fan freaking tastic man it was a, it was a good game it was an exciting game it was crazy it was oh it was a fantastic game competitive um the thing is caleb williams had several shots to win that game in the last drive and mm-hmm. oklahoma state players came up with defensive plays one in particular caleb williams broke off a huge run and he he could have broken loose if not for one Oklahoma State player tackling him. If he if he breaks that tackle along the sideline, they score the they score or yeah, he scores. Score. And mm-hmm. the next play, he throws a ball to Jadon Hazelwood that is mm-hmm. in Jadon Hazelwood's hand as he crosses the goal line, just to be knocked out by the Oklahoma State player as it crosses yeah. the goal line. Insane. The cleanest defensive play. Incredible. That. Those are two instances where one play from Oklahoma State defensive player saved the game. Mm-hmm. Props to them. And I suppose props to Mike Gundy for finally, I think, getting his second win in this series. I think um, so, yeah. 
Um, no, yeah, props to them, all that, especially props to defensive coordinator Jim Knowles, who basically took like a bunch of kids that no one wanted from the state of Oklahoma and turned them into the second best, th- second or third, depending on how you view Cincinnati's defense, defense in the country. Uh, Billy Napier, bring that, bring that man down. <laughs> bring that Ooh, man like down. That. There's no, there's been reports of him that that's. He's a candidate. I'll put it that way. Yeah, that's one of his targets. So bring that man down. But Gundy has said, he's like, no, no, no. I don't want him to leave. He <laughs> He's staying in Oklahoma State. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Neither of us get the points on that one. And then Oregon State 29, Oregon 38. Tyler picked Oregon. He gets the point on that one. Um, this game went how you expected it. It was a typical Oregon game from this season. The defense allowed a lot of points. The offense did just enough to win the game. That's pretty much what happened. Basically. Two point conversions. Tyler, you picked Clemson to beat South Carolina, and they did so by a Boy, score of 30, 30 to nothing. Clemson said, Listen, we may be having a down year, but we ain't losing a South Carolina. We owe <laughs> South Carolina. Oh, this is God, our state. They, so they shut them out. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah, it was bad. Brett so good for good you. He is good at his job. Uh, Brett Venables might be good as a head coach somewhere, maybe in the state of Oklahoma, but we will talk about maybe. that at a different time. Um, and then my two point conversion was Minnesota beating Wisconsin, and they did so 23 to 13. Uh, row the boat. Thank you uh, for exposing this. Um, how do I put this? Thank you for exposing this overrated and overhyped Wisconsin team. So uh, shout out to um, PJ Fleck for doing that for us. Um, the count and the score to date, I have 55 points. Tyler has 48 points. We each got. Uh, I got four points from this weekend. Tyler got three points from this weekend, but that is okay because Tyler, we have to do our final five wide of the season. I have put into the document all 10 conference championship games. We are going to pick them and uh, we are going to make one of them our two point conversion for the week. So we're not going to have like a separate game. There are two games that are not conference title games that are being played this weekend, but we're going to ignore those. Um, we are, uh, we are going to do it this way. Are you ready to go, Tyler? Let's go through these games. So let me, let me clarify this. Yes. So I'm, it's the same on and off and I go first. Oh, I forgot to say that. No, because it's the last week and because no offense, but you're losing by so much. Um, you are going to pick first each game and And you also get first dibs on picking the two point game that you want because we can't pick the same two point game. They got to be separate ones. So you're going to get first choice. So, okay, if I pick it after we pick some, you can go back and pick a two-point for... So, you, so basically... You want me to say which one is my two-point right now? No, we'll do it at the end. Okay. We're going to pick the games, and at the end, after we pick the games, you will pick first each time, and at the end, um, you will say, all right, I will be picking this game as my two-point, and then I will be able to choose from the other nine. Cool, gotcha. My two-point. Cool? Great, amazing. Let's all right, my it. friend. Conference USA kicking us off on Friday night. Western Kentucky taking on the UTSA Roadrunners. It's a 7 o'clock kickoff on CBS Sports Network. Tyler, who you got? Okay, so torn here. Okay. Because UTSA, it's really good. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, by the way, just won Uh, uh, the sideline judgment college fantasy football uh, group. Uh Congratulations, my friend. Because of one person in particular. That's Bailey Zapp, quarterback of the yeah. Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. So I'm going to go with Western Kentucky on this because do if you no know, one else got me, I know Bailey Zapp got me. 
Do you know the story of Western Kentucky's offense for this season? It's just throw the ball. Okay, but do you know where it came from? It, it, indulge me, like enlighten so me. So the. So they basically had like a mass. They basically went and hit the transfer portal. But rather than like getting a bunch of players from other schools, they went strictly to Houston Baptist and they got the offensive coordinator, the quarterback, your boy, um, the running back. And I think two of the wide receivers. And they were just like and they were just like, cool, do all this cool stuff you're doing at Houston Baptist at the FCS level. Yeah, come do it at Western Kentucky. And it started off a bit slow. It did start off slow. And then it worked, as you know, because you picked up that quarterback and he won you the league. So it's a lot of offense, and it basically was just imported from Houston Baptist. It was pretty hilarious. Yeah. So I'll go with Western um, Kentucky. Tyler, go ahead and put an S down next to UTSA. I'm not abandoning the Roadrunners right now. Are you kidding me? Meep, meep. They may have lost the game last week. All right. It happens. Okay. Still 11-1. and one. They're still playing at home. They're still in the Alamo Dome. Come on, my guy. Give it to me. Give it to me. Okay. I will take right. UTSA. Uh, staying on Friday night, we got the Pac-12, the number 10-ranked Oregon Ducks, taking on the number 17-ranked Utah Utes. It's an 8 o'clock Eastern kickoff on ABC on Friday night. Um, this game will be played from Las Vegas, from Allegiant Stadium. Um, so cool venue, cool stadium. Tyler, who do you have? I do not think Oregon will lose the same way, uh, will lose or even play the way they did when they first played uh, Utah. I am mm-hmm. going to pick Oregon because I feel like it'd be very hard to beat a team that way twice. And I think I, Oregon, I agree. Oregon's going to going to write the ship. I agree. I think it's difficult to beat a team twice. I think I don't think they're going to play the same way. I just don't think that they can beat Oregon or they can beat Utah. Okay, so you, you know, know what I mean? Utah. It, but it's not going to be the way it was last time. It'd be much it was much closer game, much more exciting. And honestly, I'd much rather be on the other side of this exciting Pac-12 game um, on a Friday night just so I can, you know, we can be on yeah. opposite no, sides yeah, there. It a little... it's, it's just a more fun viewing experience. You know what I mean? Just giving myself some fun. Um, so okay. I'll take Utah on that one. All right. Let's move to noon on Saturday. It is the Big 12 title game. The number nine ranked Baylor Bears against the number five ranked Oklahoma State Cowboys. It's a noon kickoff on ABC. Tyler, who do you have? I am going to go with that defense we raved so much about, which is tough, which is mm-hmm. funny because Dave Aranda is the other head coach. Um, <laughs> uh, but considering Baylor's dealing with a little bit of a quarterback situation with their starting quarterback, yep. his little, he's been, he was injured, didn't start their last game, that they still mm-hmm. won um, and got them to play in the uh, in this championship game. And their backup played very well, but I'm going to go with Oklahoma State because I – yeah, because that. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I saw that defense play. Give me Oklahoma State. I think I think this is I, what I will say though. I'll take the under. I don't know what the under is, but I'll be taking that under, my friend. I would that would be smart. It is. Uh-huh. I'll be taking that under. Uh the MAC Championship game, Kent State versus Northern Illinois, noon kickoff on ESPN. Um Tyler, all the MAC teams are the same, so all the same. Wh- who do you want? I'm going to go with Kent State because randomness. Give- Give me the other one because random is <laughs> like, let's have some fun with this. Listen, these games are on Tuesday and Wednesday nights. We're either recording the podcast or doing some other stuff. All right. <laughs> yeah. So that's our, that's our life. Um, the mountain West championship game, Utah state taking on the number 19th ranked San Diego state university Aztecs. It is a three o'clock Eastern kickoff on Fox. Um, it is on big Fox. So good for them. They're on national television, three o'clock Eastern. Tyler, who you, who you got? 
Give me the one ranked team. I'm going to take the San Diego State uh, assets. Give me what should be a future Heisman Trophy winner, whatever the punter's name is for San Diego State. I will. I will also take San Diego State. Also. Okay. <laughs> Tyler, the Sun Belt Championship game. It is App State taking on the number 24 ranked Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Our coach Billy Napier, 3:30 Eastern on ESPN. Who you yeah. got, Tyler? Come on. Come on. Yeah. What are we doing here? What are we no, doing here, guys? We can't. My Come coach on. is in a conference championship game. Come on. What am I going to not go for him? What no, am I going to no, not no, pick no. him? We're, we're, we're picking those, yeah. Scare money don't make money, baby. Yeah. Come on now. They also they also dominated when they met up earlier this season. Again, similar situation with Utah and Oregon. I don't think it's like a domination again because it's much more difficult to play a team tw- a second time. But I do think that they win. I do think Billy Napier is one of the few coaches that can really get his guys to buy in, even though they have all of this other noise around them, you know? Yeah, for real. Uh, go Gators. I mean, go, go Raging Cages. Um, <laughs> <laughs> listen, I'm telling everyone, I'm winning a conference title this year. I'm claiming it. My coach. I'm claiming it. It's my coach. I'm claiming this title. We're going to put a banner up uh, in the swamp for the Louisiana <laughs> Sunbelt Championship. No, we're not. I, I took it too far. I took it too far. Um, all right, Tyler. The SEC Championship game, the number one ranked Georgia Bulldogs take on the number three ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. It is the not 3.30, but because it's a title game, it is the 4 o'clock Eastern CBS game of the week. Um, Tyler, who you got? Guys, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I, I really don't. But, and I know I've said often that I wouldn't pick Kirby to beat Nick Saban until it happens. Mm-hmm. But Nick Saban's team, not Nick Saban, but Alabama this year has given me no reason to trust them uh, going up against a team that has done nothing but be trustworthy in Georgia. Mm-hmm. I it hurts my heart, but I'm gonna go with the Georgia Bulldogs to win this as much as it pains me to say. You know, um, I just if if they are in the fourth quarter scoreless against Auburn, who has a good defense, I want to clarify. Like, mm-hmm. but like, how are you gonna be the best defense in the country if I I just I have to I gotta win this too. So I'm going with no, the last I get pick. it. I get it. I understand. And look, if I wasn't so ahead in this picks competition, I also would do it. But you know what? Because I'm so good at picking these regular season college football games, Tyler, I have enough insurance in the bank that I don't have to sell my integrity. I don't have to sell my fandom away. As much as I think George is going to win this game, I'm going to take Alabama because if I am, because here's the thing, I kind of, from a logical standpoint, because I want Cincinnati in the playoff, I need Georgia to win this football game. Yeah. But if that doesn't happen, then at the very least, I'm going to seal the deal with this competition if that's the case. So give me Bama because this is a hedge. This is a hedge. I'm hedging, baby. I'm I'm hedging on this one. It's fundamentally you to do that. Fundamentally me, baby. Uh, The American Conference Championship game, the number 21 ranked Houston Cougars against the number four. That's right. You heard me. Number four ranked Cincinnati Bearcats. Four o'clock kickoff on ABC. Tyler, who you got? Uh, we've made no qualms about it on this podcast. Nope. That we are a Cincinnati Bearcats supporting podcast. Absolutely. Uh, support of Supportive of their rightful path to the playoff. Mm-hmm. They ain't stopping. They ain't getting stopped right, right on the doorstep. 
I'm nope. done with Cincinnati. Put my initial down next to it, Tyler. You, ca- I can't just go on that little rant and then not go ahead and pick the Bearcats. Come on now. This is a Bearcats podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, Big 10 championship game, the number two ranked Michigan Wolverines against the number 13 ranked Iowa uh, Cyclones. It is an eight o'clock Eastern kickoff on Fox. Tyler, who you got? Uh, I'm going to go with Michigan because uh, I do feel that Iowa could win this game. It's it's there. Um, it's a possibility. But Michigan's playing really well. And yeah, again, in a matter in, in a game where Iowa and Michigan play the same style, although I do think that Michigan's offense is a little bit more modern, Michigan does that style better. I agree. I agree. This will be I'm going to pick Michigan. Championship game, conference championship game that Michigan's ever played in. Mm-hmm. Their first appearance. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Uh, I will take Michigan as well. And also, I want to point out, um, listen, shout, shout out to Jim Harbaugh because the man has decided to donate all of his bonus money to employees of the University of Michigan that had to take a pay cut due to COVID-19 ah, over the past two, two years. Um, if he makes the playoff, it will be a minimum of $2 million in bonuses that will be going back. I think currently it's about a million. Um, and if he... If he, because then it's another five hundred thousand for winning the conference, and then it's another five hundred for making the playoff. Um, so it would be two million dollars if they make the playoff, which if they win the game, they should. Um, so credit to him, fantastic thing that he's doing. Um, great guy, good, good job, good job. I, I understand why people would want to play. Extremely for him. awesome a, thing right there. Yeah, yeah, makes enough money as it is. Give it back to the people. Respect it. I respect it. Yeah. And then the last one, Tyler, the ACC title game, the number 15-ranked Pitt Panthers taking on the number 16-ranked Wake Forest Demon Deacons. It's an 8 o'clock kickoff on ABC. Who do you have? This is actually one of the, the toughest pick for me. It's weird, right? Um, it's like shockingly. Wake Forest, I do think, is a better team. I do mm-hmm. think that Wake Forest is a better team. But Pitt's got Kenny Pickett, man. I can't believe we're like giving okay. Pitt – like, like we're talking about Pitt unironically. You know I, what I mean? I'm going to be nice here. Uh-huh. I know you want to pick Kenny Pickett, and in the interest of points and something to have mm-hmm. something to bet on, I will pick Wake Forest. Thank you, my friend. So I that I can allow Pitt. my good friend Sergio de Estrella. Thank you very to, much. To, to pick Pitt, which I'm just going to head right down because I'm assuming that's what you're going to do. That's what I'm going to do because if you've looked at my gambling rules, pit, rule number five is just pit in all caps. And that can mean many things. It doesn't necessarily mean take pit. It means pit because no one pits better than pit. It, it, like like they they can break your heart whenever they'll, you want. They'll never they be able to get a Pat Narduzzi now if you win the Good. As a neutral, as someone who loves chaos – good yeah i want pat narduzzi to be the coach during that backyard brawl um, i want him to be the coach during the backyard brawl i need that chaos in my life yeah um so yeah i will be taking pit tyler what is your two-point conversion which which of these games are you making your two-point it's the game that i personally might be the most invested in okay i'm just because i i so want it to happen now Uh i'm taking cincinnati Okay. I want Cincinnati in the playoff. I All right. this. I want this to happen so bad. So respect I'm Cincinnati. That's my two point. That's my two point. I respect it. Great job. That was an option for me. Um, I was thinking to just go full Gator and just take Louisiana, but I think it wouldn't be me 
if I didn't just make one irrational gamble on Pitt. So I'm going to make you know my Pitt brand. decision. You know I know my brand. brand. I am going to take Pitt and make them my um, my two-point selection for this week. Uh, it's just – it's in the cards, Tyler. It's in the it cards. Is. I need it to is. do it because who knows? Maybe I lose and it's a three-point swing and all of a sudden it's a game for us. Um, it's just I, I got to – I brought this. I brought this girl to the dance. I'm leaving with this girl from the dance. All right, yeah, buddy. This is man. this is good what's man. going on. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Um, Tyler, that was a long episode. Oh, we yeah. talked about a lot, but I think a uh, lot of good conversations, a lot of good coach talk, a lot of uh, conference type championship game talk. Is there anything else you want to say before we sign off after this mammoth of an episode? I silly season's the best season, man. Like, <laughs> it's, it's not a like season anymore. It's it's, it's a it's, mood. It's, it's a state of it's, mind. It's <laughs> It's a state um, of mind, you know? Yeah. I, I've said so much. I need some water. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, listen, we'll be back next week. Uh, we'll talk about the playoffs. We'll talk about the final rankings, what happened in conference championship week. Um, and then, Tyler, we also will be having our bowl extravaganza coming up within a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, our annual bowl pickums. It's a long podcast that we enjoy having. Um, and then other than that, we will, we will be in touch, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Tyler, thank you so much for coming on, um, and, uh, being my gracious co-host throughout this entire season, not the regular season is over. Uh, you, you, there's no one else that I want to do and dive into this crazy world that is college football. Uh, there's no one I'd rather do it than, than you, my friend. I know I'd rather do it the with sentiment you. So is very thank you for much another, this is reciprocated. There's no one else I'd rather do this with. Good to hear. Oh, absolutely. All right, brother. Love you. You got to get going. We got it. I got to get going. This has been another episode of Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And we are not t- biased, Tyler, but scared money don't make money. Scared money, it don't make money. <laughs> <laughs>